We're going to have to put a parental advisory warning on the beginning of this one. <laughs> Are we? Are we assuming that? Hey, though? soccer moms, if, if you, if you have children, yes, please uh, stop their ears right now. <laughs> the Four Horsemen. What you have here is the Four Horsemen, united, live and exciting color. Um, not those Four Horsemen. These Four Horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints, different perspectives, as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior. Are you stupid? Now, here's Dennis Thurman, Adam Black, Benjamin Kerfman, and Terry Hollifield, the Four Horsemen. Welcome to episode six of the Four Horsemen podcast with Terry the Shiny One and Adam oh, wow. Seraphim. That's Terry Seraphim. Wow. Adam like the hairy it. one and Dennis the <laughs> gray one. Oh, Dennis man. the white. And me. Gandalf the gray. Yeah. And me the wrong one. Um, uh, so we are going to talk about the idea of Christian liberty. And so what do we mean when we say about Christian liberty? Well, I'm going to read chapter 21 of the 1689 Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. It's on a scroll. Adam, Um, punch me when he gets through so I wake up. uh, But this is in modern English. This is from Founders Ministry, so it's in modern English. Article 1 says, The liberty Christ has purchased for believers under the gospel is found in their freedom from the guilt of sin, the condemning wrath of God, and the severity and curse of the law. It also includes their deliverance from this present evil age, bondage to Satan, the dominion of sin, the suffering of afflictions, the fear and sting of death, the victory of the grave, and everlasting damnation. In addition, it includes their free access to God and their obedience to Him, not from slavish fear, but from a childlike love and a willing mind. All these liberties were also enjoyed in their essence by believers under the law. But under the New Testament, the liberty of Christians is further expanded. They are free from the yoke of the ceremonial law to which the Jewish congregation was subjected. They have greater confidence of access to the throne of grace. And they have a fuller supply of God's free spirit than believers under the law usually experienced. Article 2. God alone is the Lord of the, of the conscience, and he has left it free from human doctrines and commandments that are in any way contrary to his word or not contained in it. So believing such doctrines or obeying such commands out of conscience is a betrayal of true liberty of conscience. Requiring implicit faith or absolute and blind obedience destroys liberty of conscience and reason as well. Article 3. Those who use Christian liberty as an excuse to practice any sin or nurture any sinful desire pervert the main objective of the grace of the gospel to their own destruction, and they completely destroy the purpose of Christian liberty. This purpose is that we, having been delivered from the hands of all our enemies, may serve the Lord without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. So that is the technical definition of Christian liberty. I think the way that that's been portrayed in culture is Christian liberty means that I can drink and smoke and watch Game of Thrones and not be in sin because the Bible doesn't say I can't do it. Or smoke I, weed. So on the other hand, in, in, in our southern culture, in our context in the south, with a history of things like prohibition, there's also these restrictions that are placed on believers by churches that are not explicitly condemned in Scripture. So... The conversation is this. When it comes to Christian liberty on issues, and we can talk specific issues or generally, where do we draw the line as church leaders with our people between letting people just be free according to their conscience where the scripture is not clear versus imposing things like legalism? Or maybe what's the distinction between wisdom and legalism? I think there are some issues where 
the scripture. We would disagree on how clear scripture is. So that okay, what, some, like that what, like what would be an example of that? Well, people would disagree. Like you know, there's a thing about Dr. Geisler and his what strong drink is and that sort of thing. Whereas some people would say that the scripture is actually gives us freedom to do that sort of thing. So those two camps would disagree on what the scripture is free about and what the scripture is so not like, free. So like if we talk specifically about alcohol, because where we live in the South, in Western North Carolina, that's kind of a of a hot button issue for people. You have some people that are, you know, alcohol is the devil's urine. And, um, <laughs> you know, I heard that at Fruitland. Um, you know, beer does look like what comes out of a horse. It sure smells like it. That's all I'm saying. But, but, you know, you have some people who have that, who make that argument. And then on the other hand, you got people that are like, you know, I have four beers every night to the glory of God, you know, and I don't know that either one of those is necessarily right. But the question is, is you know, for issues like that, that's something that pastors just generally avoid. Like, I'm just going to let people believe if they're binding somebody else's conscience outside of the Word of God, I'm just going to let them continue to do that. And is that okay? Or do you speak truth in the situation and say, here's what the Word of God clearly says, and here's what it doesn't say? Well, are you saying then that the cultural context has no bearing on how we deal with those issues? And I would submit to you that it's biblical to consider those things. You've got to consider your audience and how they're going to respond. You've got to think, am I going to be a stumbling block? Just because you're free to do something, Paul says that I, I'm tempering that liberty by how that affects the weaker brother. Right. So I, I think you do have to consider the culture without being legalistic. Right, and, and that's, a hard, that's a hard line to walk. And so that's what I'm hoping we can do with this episode is try to kind of clarify for people where is that line between exercising your liberty to the detriment of a brother or sister and also binding someone's conscience unnecessarily. Yeah, does, does your conscience permit you to do what is unwise? Would be a, but would the be quite, but but that's assuming that whatever they're wanting to do is unwise. Correct. So in some cases Correct. it very well may be, but but the problem is is for instance, uh, I, if I remember correctly, in the elephant room one time, um, I was called a bell worshipper, and uh, it was implied that I was not saved because I said that I don't think it's a sin for a person to consume alcohol. Now that doesn't mean I'm endorsing. Was I it. the one that said that to you? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I, now I wasn't. I wasn't endorsing it. I don't personally drink alcohol, and part of that is for cultural reasons. Part of that's for self control. I just I have enough issues in my life without bringing. Extra yeah, you'd be a drunk. I probably would. <laughs> um, and so that's not a part of my life. But at the same time, I can't bind someone else's conscience based on my standard that I made up. Now, as a wisdom issue, the scripture is just totally clear that. Being out of control of yourself, whether that's through alcohol or drugs or food or whatever it is, anything that's causing you to be unself-controlled is unwise and sinful. But that doesn't mean that you don't go around and just say, well, I'm not going to eat because gluttony is a sin and I don't want to be a stumbling block if I eat in front of somebody. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah, you can. And in some cultural contexts, people would see that the same way. For instance, if you go like north of... North Carolina, like, nobody cares. Right. But in our context, yeah, I think there is a cultural consideration there. But also beyond that, I think you have to take the implications in. Yes, gluttony is a sin, just as much a sin as drunkenness, because it's all that lack of self-control. But on the other hand, very few people are killed in a fiery car wreck because they were eating chicken wings while they were riding down the road. There might be some. There might be some. 
Uh, but think about all the carnage on the highway because of alcohol. So, uh, but see, to me, that's a different argument, though, because the person the person who's advocating for drinking and Christian liberty isn't they're not advocating drunkenness. Oh, of course, but but they so are. Is, they it are poss- often, is it possible that people make bad decisions using alcohol? Well, also, Absolutely. To Dennis's point, um, and I don't think it's a sin to drink alcohol either. I don't drink alcohol, but I don't right. think it's a sin to. But to Dennis's point. Um, neither is some. Neither are you placing a potential stumbling block before someone by them seeing you at the buffet at Asiana. But if they see you at the buffet bar, it's a potentially different situation. I think exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so a, food and alcohol don't really. No, but but you'll hear people do that. You'll you'll hear them make that connection. You know, here's these Baptists and they go eat all these casseroles, the potluck, and all that kind of stuff. But they're not going to, you know, go belly up at the bar. And I just think it's a, you know, you're, you're not comparing the same thing. It's not, yeah, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. Well, but I, see to me, it's, see to me, it is the same because it's you, what you're talking about is abusing substances, which can be fried chicken, alcohol, meth. Yeah, but if you see me with a plate of uh, spaghetti, I'm a 160 pounds, five ten. You you don't think I'm a glutton? Though you might culturally, be. I might be. Cultur- culturally, I don't, which well, is what you're saying, you Dennis. Some of it's a cultural context. Yes. You wouldn't think I'm a glutton. Right. If, you, no. if you go to Italy and you see a 12-year-old drinking a glass of red wine, nobody cares. Right. But because culturally, culturally, that's just normal. But in our culture, if you, if you see me and you know I'm a pastor or you know I'm a Christian or whatever, and I have a uh, glass of alcohol in my hand, it's much more... At least possible that you would potentially think that I would abuse that or am abusing that, versus it being possible that I'm a glutton when you see me with a plate of uh, nachos or whatever. So they're just not the same perception-wise. And that's all. It, it, it's a hundred percent perception. And like you said, you brought up a good point, and I know this because I lived in Italy for two years. <laughs> you go to places that all they have is wine. Right, sure. it's safer so, to drink that than the water. Yeah, yeah. So, and, it, and it's not the Baptist wine, you know. So if they mixed it. No, it's straight up wine. So, and even when I went to Seattle, went to a, a conference up there. Almost, we I went to lunch with some of the pastors. Almost every single one of them got a beer. There wasn't a there wasn't there wasn't a thought about it. It is a perception, and um, you know I've even had a situation where I bought bought beer for the the sole purpose. Of making beer brats, uh, born brats and beer, and were phenomenal. Well, I was conf- I was confronted because somebody saw, and this was a while back. <laughs> I was confronted because I, somebody saw me purchasing beer, and and so there's a side of me that sits back and says, "Man, I, I need to watch what I'm doing." But then there's the other side of me that's like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> like." That person didn't know my heart. They didn't know my intentions. And so they can't. when it comes to... But they didn't really have to. When it comes to these these substance, the alcohol thing, alcohol in itself is not a sin. Um, there is no material thing that is a sin in itself. In the sense of if I touch it, it is a sin. Wrong. It is your heart towards it. And so kind of my rule of thumb has always been, number one, is it biblical? Right? It, it, what does the Bible, you know, forbid it, or does not? Um, and then is it legal? <laughs> and you can almost reverse those depending on the, the situation. Because if it's illegal, you shouldn't be doing it. Period. And that is biblical. 
And then the, the to me, the the biggest question about it is why am I doing it? And this is the thing that I've challenged young people with in particular is that, like if you truly answer the question why am I doing it, m- the majority of the time you're sinning, <laughs> especially especially with young people and drinking. I don't know many young people, underage people, or you know barely turned twenty one people who drink beer because they love the taste of a good craft beer. They're looking to get hammered, and it doesn't matter what kind it is. The only reason I used to drink. To knock the edge off. Right. Now, now, now I know people who like the taste of a craft beer, and they drink it with whatever. So, again, that's my three things. So, so let me ask this. Where do you draw the line between loving loving your neighbor, loving your brother, and not causing them to stumble, and not putting yourself in an undue position. So, for instance, okay, um, obviously, you know, if you're, say you're having a cookout at your house, Mm -hmm. okay, and you've got a brother at the church there that's wrestled with alcoholism or whatever, you're not going to have anything there. And you're going to tell people, like, listen, we're respecting this brother. We love him. We don't want to put anything in front of him that's going to cause him to be upset. You know what I mean? Same thing with, cigarettes or anything else you, you I think we can all agree you, you don't want to do something like that well, you know what I mean there's a, but there's yeah. a difference between that and a difference between the one time that I had somebody correct me for buying root beer at the store because I should have put it in a paper bag because it had the appearance of evil or right. a paper bag is what gives it the appearance of well, evil. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> but but where, but where do you draw that line between you know what I'm genuinely trying Perception. to love my brother versus I'm basically crucifying my whole life and everything that I enjoy because somebody might interpret it the wrong way. Well, I would say first, one of our practices when I was pastoring, we had um, elders that drank. I, I don't drink, um, and obviously I was an elder uh, of that church, but we didn't have church-sanctioned functions. We didn't allow alcohol in there. Right. So we gave freedom of personal conscience to drink alcohol in responsibility and sobriety, complete sobriety, but not in, not in the greater church corporate context. Right. Because there, there's just no re- number one, A, there's no reason to do that, to have it available. B, the perception is, is way too high of a risk in that environment. And you don't know who's there. You don't know what their struggles right. are. It's just, to- in my opinion. It's different if it's you and two friends that you know and totally you're totally irresponsible. Right. If a church has a church function, even if it's at somebody's house, if they're having a Bible study or a book club or women's night or whatever at somebody's house, I think it's totally unwise and irresponsible. And I could probably make a case that it was a sin to offer something like that that could be such a, such a stumbling block to someone. Um, well, yes. I mean, if you think something's sinful, then for you it is. If it can't be right. done in faith, and so I think some of these things. Why? Why yeah, I mean that's just scriptural. Yeah. That's what right. Paul says. Right. Yeah, eating nachos can be sinful for somebody. Absolutely. If if they're if they're and this is what I tell people a lot of times because I have people ask me, you know, about you know alcohol or cigars or whatever, and it's like, okay, if you're asking this question. Does that mean that there's something in your conscience that's conflicted? Because if your conscience is conflicted about it, then the answer is just automatically no. E- even if you, there's not a verse that says it's sinful, you know, if somebody's having to wrestle, you know, like you said, Adam, I've met kids that, you know, they turn 18 and they're like, I want to go buy some cigars or whatever. And it's like, okay, why do you want a cigar now that you didn't when you were 17? Right. 
And, and are they free to do it? I think you can make an argument that they would be free to do it according to Scripture. Is it wise? Maybe, maybe not. You can make an argument with that. To me, the real question comes down to, uh, is your conscience conflicted about it? If the answer is yes, then don't go, don't violate your conscience. I find, and you guys tell me what you think of this, and I don't want to derail where you're going, Ben, but I think it applies. I find that when I talk to other Christians who drink, and they know that I don't drink, there's almost a sense of con- condemnation that comes t- toward me mm-hmm. because I don't drink. Somehow, I'm not viewed as spiritually strong enough to yes. drink. Therefore, they you they have see, the weaker. They conscience. see me as the weaker brother. Yes, right. So that's interesting because I, I don't have that experience. So like, I, so I, it might be that we travel in different circles, and I, I find I, I can't judge anyone's heart, but just by tone of voice and words that are used and posture and things like that. That there is almost a spirit of rebellion um, in the drinking or smoking or whatever. There's almost, look at the liberty I have. Mm-hmm. See right. what I can do because I'm free. I think that attitude is a heart of sin. And I would encourage yeah. our listeners, you know, whether you fall on the camp of, I think alcohol is sinful, or you fall on the camp of, I, I think we have freedom of conscience as Christians in Christ to, to drink alcohol. I would encourage you to consider what your attitude behind that is and ask the Holy Spirit to to show you what your what your aim is and what what your impulse is because I really do find that when I talk to people and I'm in context with people who drink and I don't drink there's almost a flaunting of what they feel free to do and to me that is indicative and it is a telltale sign and is an unmistakable sign of sin. I think that motivation is sinful. If you uh, feel that you should flaunt your freedom, that's a sin. I agree, and I think and I think that that's uh, that Scripture agrees with that. I think Paul teaches that clearly. Of you're, I'm saying that there's a lot of people that that have that attitude. They abuse the liberty. That maybe aren't sensitive to the fact that they have that attitude. So yeah, I'm just encouraging our listeners and, and, to be prayerful about that. Yeah, and so my experience has been a little different. So, like, I have friends, uh, you know, even pastor friends that I've seen them drink alcohol or I've been at their house or been at an event or something like that, and there's been alcohol present there, and they know that I don't drink, and I don't think I've ever felt pressure to drink from them or condemnation or anything. And so some of that may just be contextual with the people. Maybe, yeah. I've definitely seen examples of both. I've seen people that... They are not conflicted in their conscience about what they do, whether it's drinking, smoking, the movies they watch, whatever. But they're mature in the sense that they are not trying to get anyone else to do what they're doing. And they're also not condemning anyone else. But on the other side of the spectrum, I've definitely seen people who have flaunted their liberty. And it's like, I'm going to put up 500 Facebook pictures of me like blazing up you know, with a scotch in my hand to show, like, how reformed I am or something. Right. Like, it's some kind of badge of honor that I, and you that's know. that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think we can all agree, like, that. I don't think that that's helpful, and, and I really don't think that is the right spirit. <laughs> it's like the face. Because you have to ask your question. The, the, I'm doing my devotions today. When, when, when you do that, the, when you do that, are you enjoying, are you enjoying that cigar? Bible open. <laughs> when you do that, are you enjoying that cigar and that drink, or are you enjoying the attention? Like, I've seen the... the and that's just pride. Right. Beer and Bible Consortium, if you guys seen this. Nah. I saw William Lane Craig uh, does some things with them, and I don't, I don't know what he does, you know, smoking or drinking or whatever. I don't think his health allows him to do either. But anyway, so it's like this thing where they get together and study the Bible and things like that, and everybody's smoking. And the host has this long, uh, 
Lord of the Rings looking pipe sort of thing. And, you know, smoke clouds are everywhere. And there's a there's alcohol on the podium or the lectern and things like that. So to me, again, that's a flaunting see how free we are sort of thing. I think some of that's contextual. I, I think it is contextual because, again, we, if you go, like if you go overseas, if you go up north, if you go northwest, like it, it, it is the culture. It is the... It is what they do. You know, it's like if we were to go to a restaurant, there were several restaurants I went to in Italy. They serve nothing but wine. So you're going to be sitting at the table with wine. Of course, you can not drink, period. Um, but you could be in the, the, the conversations there. Me coming from the South, it would be odd for me to see that yeah. because the context I'm coming out of. I never will forget a friend of mine. We went to his house and for his brother's graduation. And I always got a kick out of it because they, they were Catholic, and their priest's name was Dennis. Never will forget this. And so I walked up to the uh, refrigerator, and he was standing there, open the door, pulls out a beer. He has a beer and asked me if I wanted one. And I was like, like it shocked <laughs> Jaw me. Drop, yeah. But no one else there thought twice right. about it. Right. And so I think part of it is, is like, especially with regards to alcohol and tobacco, it's not a, it's not really even a southern thing it's just a baptist thing yeah. so like when, when you look outside of of the baptist church and not even particularly southern baptist but just baptist in general um nobody cares uh it's really it's really mostly a baptist thing i mean i've but, but is that good that nobody cares well you think the, that's a good thing well the question is i don't think the question is wh- whether it's good i think the question is whether it's biblical so let me let me ask something about that, and this will help us include alcohol, but move to other, like you mentioned, movies and what people watch, right? And, and smoking. Um, so let's. I, I want to put it into the uh, into the realm of what is what is healthy in terms of stewardship and what we take into our bodies. It's pretty well documented scientifically that smoking is a pretty horrible thing to do for your health. Or dipping or chewing. Or dipping or chewing or being a glutton or right. whatever. So, so while jangles. eating 12 donuts would be bad for me, smoking a cigar may be equally bad as 12 donuts. I don't want to split hairs or parse things too much, but the, a real issue has to do with what we take into our bodies. And with the ter- in terms of movies and content, these may be two separate topics, what can we take in through those through those medium, whether it be sexual content or blasphemous content or violent content or what have you? Is there a line where we can say, well, this amount of nudity is damaging to my soul, but this amount isn't? Game of Thrones is wonderful. Well, yeah. so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think that that so, does apply to the issue of Christian liberty because I think that there are some areas that Scripture speaks to that are pretty clear. But I think there is also some of those areas where there is liberty depending on the person. So, for instance, for me, profanity in movies is not really an issue for me personally. And part of the reason why is because that was blasphemy, blasphemy, profanity, like the old the old GD bomb. It depends on how much. See, that's why I'm asking. So, so like, so like I have, like I have a threshold. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so for instance, like if it's like a few times in a movie, I really don't care that much. Mm -hmm. If it's like. just constantly in the movie of just swearing in general to the point where the movie doesn't make any sense anymore. It's like, okay, this is just a waste of time. But profanity was something that I struggled with for a long time Mm -hmm. that God has given me victory over. And so part of that for me is that I just don't, I don't approve of profanity. Profanity would be a sin. 
profane, profanity is a sin. Some people do it while they preach. Shoving a temp peg through someone's head is a sin, too. And it'd be a sin to you sit there and me. listen to that. And well, but it's that's a bad analogy because shoving a, a tent peg through someone's head can be justified in just war theory. right? So there's a time to be violent. So it, there's an appropriate use of violence. But at the same time, I would say that Scripture is accurate in the fact that it depicts people as they are, including their sins. Sure. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's glorifying their sins. Or condoning it. Right. So, for instance, it's the same thing with violence. Like 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 a war movie that includes violence that even That's is, war. Even is somewhat war. realistic and is justified or is representing a cause— I think it's different than a movie that glorifies things. So, for instance, I, the gore, the attraction. I, I love superhero movies. Uh, well, I love Marvel movies. I don't like DC movies. But if they were um, better, you would. DC TV shows I like. But I love superhero movies, okay? Most of those have some profanity in them. They've got some violence in them. I don't necessarily approve of all of those things, but I understand that. But at the same time, that's different than, for instance, uh, the Deadpool movies. Like, I just refuse to watch that because the whole purpose of the Deadpool movies is glorifying sin. Like, his entire, his entire character, the entire premise of that movie is, is how over-the-top can we be with violence he's pan, and... He's pansexual. Uh, yeah. Deadpool's pansexual. Yeah, and so it's, 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 it's just relishing, it's glorying in sin. And to me, that's different than, for instance, like a combat scenario. That doesn't afflict my conscience. Now, for me, nudity and things like that is like a no-go for me. Like I, I just can't have that in movies. Like that violates my conscience for me to do that. So, is, is there Christian liberty in such? In my opinion, no. I don't think there's any room for <laughs> approving of nudity. So you would not to go to an art gallery. I wouldn't. If no. you were training as an artist, you would not. Do I have, nudes. and I know, I know guys that have that they've had they've had to do live nude painting. Um, as part of that, I was a model for. No, um, <laughs> I, I know guys that have had to do that. I would not do that. So, uh, for example, when I was in college, one of the texts that we were assigned to read was a Greek poem that essentially was just a pornographic poem, and I refused to read it and and was reassigned a different text to read for that class because it violated my conscience, and that was the excuse that I used in doing that. Terry and I used to talk about this back in the day. But one of the things for me personally, you mentioned profanity. You know, I was in the Air Force for six years, and it wasn't a day went by that the language that was used was a four-letter word about every other word, and that was coming out of my mouth as well. I mean, there would be times where I'd have conversations with uh, family members and things of that nature, and I would wonder if I had cussed them out, not intentionally, but just because of that was the language you don't think about at hand. It. You didn't think about it at all. And so what happened is, is now there's times that I'll be watching them and I'm, I'm numb to it. I'm like completely numb to it in which Tabitha, is that good? I, that's what I'm, that's what I've been wondering because Tabitha will be like, did you just hear that? And I'm like, I literally, I'm, I'm numb to it. And like you said, God freed me from that. I mean, from, from the profanity and language and, and things of that nature. And it, and you can get into Splitting hairs about language in itself, what makes something a cuss word? Right. I mean, you can get down that road. Um, but, but common sense tells us m- most you, things that. Usually, when you go down that road. Depends on who you're talking you're, to. You're trying to justify sin, usually, when you go that road. I, I, I want to say this word, and so I can yes. find a way to make it okay for me to say right, it. But I mean, I mean you, can, but you can get into this weird thing, but like when it comes to movies and stuff, like I. When it, with, with language, and this is going to sound weird, if it makes sense. 
If it, for example, well, like a war movie, or because being there, sure. been there, done that, they're not going to be like, oh, gee golly, you know, you you know, that's not <laughs> if it makes sense. Like you were talking about the Deadpool thing. Now, the 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 language and stuff that in in that type of stuff that in violence that is what I would call unnecessary. That's the that I will catch. I'm like, why would you say that? Why would you do that? Or why would you? I think everybody has their limitations too on those. Well, things. and, and the, the, to kind of shift the topic to another direction, I'm going and, and I want your thoughts on this uh, too. I'm going in September to Harris to a concert. Right? Is that bad? Like people, when we had the gambling discussion on the Elephant Room, and it, it falls under that. Uh, as far as so you're going for a concert, yeah, that's all we're going to see. Allison Grouse. <laughs> so, so you're not you're not going to play slots while you're there. No, but again, no, you're not? you're putting yourself in a place that generates its income through taking advantage of people. Yeah, but but our iPhones take advantage of people. Sure, so, sure. So that's the con- the argument. And, and I, that's I'm, why I'm talking Android. about I'm talking about myself because they're clean as a company, right? I, I'm not going to get up and source. preach a sermon and say if you go to watch an Allison Krauss concert and you're not sitting there boozing up and gambling. The question is, why do you but, want to go see Allison Krauss? But, 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 Are you serious? Oh man, that? come on! Let's just pray even say I don't even. Right I don't even that, there's a, a voice that uh, just you know dropped right down from heaven right there. <laughs> but we are going to see Allison Krauss. But no idea who she is. Oh my! I, w- I would want to see. I would want to see her over at the Biltmore State, which I did, so did as I. opposed to going to Harris. And I'm not going to condemn you for it, but I'm just talking about myself. Okay, so that's so exactly. Someone sees you. Yeah, and and I, and I just I, and so that's what you just said is exactly like kind of the point of the thing of Dennis saying I'm not telling Adam that he can't right. go to Harris. I'm saying I wouldn't do that. Right. So what you're saying is is Adam has the freedom to do that, but your conscience would not allow you to do it. Correct. And I think the the point of where we're going with all of this is that in the church as believers, there has to be respect to one another's consciences. And I think that's ultimately what Scripture's speaking to. Of uh, If Dennis says, I really don't feel comfortable with that, then guess what? You don't buy Dennis Absolutely. tickets to go and encourage him to go against his so, conscience. So if your conscience says it's okay for you to watch Game of Thrones, can I, as a Christian, uh, condemn you for that? Or should I say, you know what? I, my conscience doesn't allow me to do that, but he's free to do that. I think I think specifically with Game of Thrones, from the research that I've done on it, I don't think that you can make an argument that it is it's portraying cool. anything helpful for you. Uh-huh. I, I like the way that uh, Paul says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Right, right. And I think that's kind of a question of. But we can't a- take am that I f- literally because not everything is permissible. It's not. It's not permissible for me well, to lust. It's only it's only impermissible because we still believe that the Old Testament matters. Shots fired! Shots fired! If you unhitch the Old Testament, then it doesn't Wait, matter. Let's tackle one other topic: legalization of marijuana. Right now, it's illegal and right? should be. Okay, I think Dennis is the only one with experience in here. I don't. Yes, know. and look what it's done to me. <laughs> this is proof right here. No, I mean, but seriously, like if it becomes legal, you can look at medical benefits that are out there. The studies are coming out, and you can view them different ways. What about comparing it to alcohol? You know, it's, Oh, yeah. It's a, 
It's alcohol has safer. medical uses too. If you wreck, I don't know that it's safer. I, I think that if you wreck smoking weed, it might dent your hood or something. I mean, you're, I, 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 there is a definite difference. There is one hundred percent a definite difference between the two. Go to Colorado and drive around there and see what Everybody happens. Everybody slow and eat a lot. <laughs> so, so we would say that there are abuses of alcohol, which are would be unbiblical because you're abusing it. Right. So would a not is is then all use of marijuana abusive? I don't think so. I mean cancer I mean my aunt with cancer, they gave her cannabis. Yeah. You're talking about medicinal use, so we have to make a distinction well, between I mean, medicinal I, I, use all and kinds recreational of crazy medicines. Use. That, yeah. Right, but I, I'm because sorry. I mean, you use alcohol to clean wounds, you know. So it's like if sure. we're talking about the difference between yeah, medicinal well, and well, you may drink drink Nyquil and then give it to you in a shot glass, you know. So right, right. right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, the the medical side of it is what I mean. If you get finding if you more get, and more medical benefits, especially with people with uh, so are you Parkinson's asking about and, specifically about the medical component of you can start there. But but man, I can. Take you uh, in the 1950s and show you advertisements where doctors are promoting smoking cigarettes and its health benefits. Okay, <laughs> the, put uh, cocaine on your sore tooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 Coca-Cola. I, to me, the jury's still out whether that medical treatment is uh, is required no, is with no other pain. things that are available. And I would also say, I would, I would also say this that the. Uh, you know all the the evidence and all the data have, have yet to to prove the those benefits. Uh, the jury's still out, as far as I'm concerned. But I've seen a lot of destructiveness of brain cells, <laughs> and you know, again, I'm Exhibit A. I, th- I think I think it's an issue that we're going to have to deal with in our generation, yep. um, because it's it certainly seems like legalization is inevitable. So it's something that pastors need to talk about and podcast listeners need to have a conversation of, okay, how do I shepherd my people on this issue? So Ben, would you say as someone who believes in Christian liberty in terms of alcohol, would you, for recreational purposes, not medicinal purposes, would you agree that there, or would you also think that there is Christian liberty in use of marijuana for recreational purposes? It's a tough question, and it's something that... Which is why I asked Right. So I will answer that, but I'll answer it in, in saying, like I do with a lot of things, I'm not dogmatic about it in the sense of this is still something that I'm kind of thinking yeah, through and wrestling fine. with. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I don't feel like... Uh, like the alcohol issue, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that and, and researching that, and I feel much more solid on my position on that than I do on marijuana. Um, I've never smoke marijuana I don't really have any experience other than having a bunch of pothead friends in high school um, and so from the research that I've done medicinally I don't really see an issue with it because almost every modern medicine we have has some kind of natural derivative so you know, nobody's going around saying you know I don't want uh, pain medicine after my surgery because it's connected to the same thing as heroin uh, you know right like nobody's making that complaint um, you know I don't want to do that uh, and so if we can take a, a plant that God made, whether it's marijuana or, you know, poppies or, you know, whatever it is, and we can use that in a way to help heal people and, and uh, help people overcome the effects of sin on the earth, if, in that sense, I don't, I don't see a problem with it. If it's legitimately medicinally being used to help yeah. heal people. Recreationally, 
I think right now it's an easy thing because, like Adam mentioned earlier, it's illegal, and the Scripture says that we obey the authorities that are over us. And so but that that's kind of a no-brainer for me. Yeah, but if we're doing this podcast in Seattle or California or, you know, wherever. Colorado. Right, Colorado. Yeah. Right. So if we were doing this in Colorado, if I was pastoring in Colorado where it was legal, what I would have to say is this. The Scripture says uh, if a substance has control of you, then it's an idol in your life. And if you are abusing a substance, then you're in sin. And those things are just crystal clear in Scripture. Can I say that according to Scripture, rolling up this plant and smoking it is a sin? I don't think that I can. I don't think I have a scriptural basis to say that. Can I say that it's unwise? In certain situations, yeah, I think it's probably unwise. Would I do it? No, I I wouldn't personally choose to do it. But I can't bind someone's conscience on something outside of Scripture. Well, and you look at the, if you do, uh, I did a research paper on all this at AB Tech to learn more about it. If you look at the perception towards marijuana 15 years ago, you had the D.A.R.E. programs, you had all the, all the, you know, the drug stuff. And, and you look in the, when they started all the drug stuff and, and the studies that came out and the, the way they manipulated the studies towards the stuff, um, you begin to realize, wait a minute, something was up with that, and it was simply because they couldn't control it. I mean, that that was the whole gist behind the quote-unquote war on drugs. And then when you look at the That's prison, a revenue stream, right? And when you look at the prison population, when you look at the prison population, and I mean, you can get into, you can go down that track and see why it is illegal, um, and it's not for negative. Reasons, right? You'll get more prison time on a marijuana charge than you will an assault charge. But but the but the driving force behind all of this is is money. It is the god of mammon. Absolutely. And I think we need to realize what's mammon. Well, I talked about it Sunday. Biblical word for a false god. That sounds delicious. Material things. Yes. (laughs) Don't don't need any of that, please. But the 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 truth is that I think that it's not because studies show XYZ is good for uh, medical purposes or whatever. The driving force is is the dollar, and we're caving into that. It's also a big reason why I have trouble with the, the beer and liquor industry is that their job is not to, I know they say be responsible, but really what their job is, they want to sell as much of it as, as they can, typically. So, so you're saying people can't buy lottery tickets to the glory of God? I, I, I do not think that, and I and I do not. And we've actually turned down winnings before that have been offered to the church uh, for that. And so that's that's me. That's the old so hard I think, head. I think that's just another issue of you know is is uh, is there somewhere in Scripture that we can point to that will tell a church member it is a sin for you to buy a lottery ticket? Yes. Where where do you, you think that you, is? you shall not steal would be a pretty good place, I think. Uh, covetousness, the Ten Commandments. You lay, uh, lay that out in stealing? Well, how is a, how's a lottery funded? Right. You, you've got some daddy that's denying his children of necessity. What so if he's he not, can, though? But that doesn't mean you're stealing from him. But but that's being funneled through the stream. What, what, if, it's how, guy, what if it's a guy that has a lottery fund in his budget? But that's that's not who that. that's not who buys. I mean, look at the research who buys the right. tickets. Well, and I think 
It's I poor forgot. people somehow, some way thinking, boy, if I could just hit the jackpot every well, time. And I agree with that. But so you're what taking I'm saying advantage is, of You them. can't develop a doctrine on that, though. I, I, think you, I think in a sense, I had this discussion the other day. I'm trying to think through all what we talked about. But the idea of what you were talking about um, in the sense of, for example, what would be the difference in me entering a golf tournament, paying $50 to enter a golf tournament, <laughs> and and win a raffle or a raffle and winning back the 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 thing about that is is there's I pay one entry fee to enter this golf tournament the other people are paying one entry fee into this golf tournament and you get to play golf and you get to play golf and but but the point with the lottery is there's no limit this person could be in complete despair losing his house and everything else and you are gaining from that right you true, you were gaining because that was the thing I was wrestling but so with. So are North Carolina school brothers. Oh. So yeah, sure. So what? So what's evil? The lottery or the human heart? Human the human heart, heart of course. So then, so then we can't we can't make a, a doctrine or a policy regarding the lottery itself. We have to address the heart of the individual. How, of, why do you want to buy a lottery ticket? Well, it's promoting covetousness. How, how can That's you, it. How can you love well, God? So, and, well, but potentially, how, so could uh, stocks. A church raffle can do that too. It could be for sure. But how can how can you know? I had a gambling issue. <laughs> I, I had a serious gambling issue, and the thing about it was, is um, how was I honoring God by that? How am I honoring God by winning a lottery ticket? You know, the whole idea, well, God, if you'll let me win this, I'll I'll do this or that. No, 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 no. That's not how it works, you know. And so so we can all agree that in general the lottery is it's it exploits people. Absolutely. It, 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 it preys on people's sinful conditions. At the same time though, does that mean and that if somebody comes if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I went on vacation with my wife and we just took $10 and decided to buy some lottery tickets just to see what we wanted to do, and it was just for fun. Can I tell that person the Bible says that that's a sin because they wanted to play some lottery tickets? I don't know that I have a verse that I can use what about work? to classify that as sin. Yes. And, 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 and here, that's how you earn money, through work. Right, and here's, here's the flip side of this. Unless it's a stock market. Now, now listen. Well, that's business, but, but, but commerce. Here, commerce. Yeah, but, but, working. but here's where I can get weird with this. I don't believe like playing poker. Is gambling depending you, on what if you're playing it for money? You mean for money? Yeah, because it, it depends. You're saying because there's skill involved. There's absolute skill involved. The same with the stock market. Like if you, so you're do, saying the difference between skill and chance is a difference for you on whether it's really gambling. Absolutely. Or not. Is it a gamble? Well, that would be the definition of a gamble. Is it a gamble? If I were playing okay, poker, so that goes yes. Back to what we said in the beginning. I would be making a donation if I were playing poker. But if you like, if you go in and play slots, but you. Here, that's a gamble. So let's define gambling. I would say a gamble is taking a risk. Mm. Like in in general, a gamble. It's like I'm going to gamble this. You have to weigh the risk. Correct. But so gamble, so gambling would be the practice of risk taking in hopes of gain. And with little expectation of gain. See, that's, really. I think that's too broad. Realistically, realistically. Realistically. I think that's too broad. Okay, so narrow it down. I don't know how. <laughs> and what I mean by that is is everything you do is a risk. What, sure. what, what you're saying is, in your mind, is gambling is taking a risk that's completely left to chance. Like the, Whereas in something that's skill-based, it's not completely left to chance. It's 
based on your skills. So you, for you, Adam, you're making a distinction between whether there's skill involved or not. Right. Because, like, for example, and I, I was... Did you have a level of control? I'll just... Or? Yeah, I'll just be... Exactly. Like, when I used to play poker, I made a lot we, of we, money. We like the used to. That's good. Yeah. I, I mean, seriously. And I'll tell you why it stopped. No I used comment. to... I won a lot of money playing poker online. Rarely lost. I mean, I'm just being honest. I was good at it, but it was the lust of money. That was the reason I stopped. Right. It was because of the lust of money. Why am I doing this? It's because I thought success equals money, and I'm going to continue to pursue it. So and, you're I con- couldn't just pl- and I couldn't just play, you know, go play for free, go play for, you know. I was playing some high dollar. And there was an emotional stimulant. Absolutely. Component. So your conscience is binding you from doing that. You're saying, I, can, I cannot in good conscience gamble and play poker anymore. Does that mean that it's a sin for somebody else? Depends on if they're any good. <laughs> well, and and I, and I will tell I will tell you this that you know just the use of playing cards. Um, we've always done that, you know, various games, hearts, spades, whatever, rummy. But in in one particular church I was serving, we had this older couple that came over to the house, and we had supper, and then we said, "Hey, let's play some cards." <laughs> and they and they were offended. They quit coming to church. They were offended. Yeah. Wow. And so I didn't stop doing that, but I certainly apologized to them that they were offended, and I never said anything around them because I knew that was I wasn't going to flaunt my liberty, which is what we're talking right. about, because I was I would be a stumbling block uh, to them. So then, so then wrapping that up, here's kind of the points of agreement be- between the four of us. There are areas that Christians do have liberty in. In yes. the sense of areas that that Scripture may not speak specifically to that specific issue, that there may be liberty in. We also agree that just because you have liberty doesn't mean that you have to exercise that liberty, Absolutely. especially if it's going to harm someone else. And we would agree that in the in the event that you do violate someone's conscience, like Dennis just mentioned, then you want to bring reconciliation and repentance. And you're not repenting necessarily for what you did, but you're repent, repenting for the fact that you offended that brother or sister and and that uh, you caused their conscience to be disturbed by something. So I think what we can all agree on, now the way that that's fleshed out in each of our lives as individuals in our churches and the listeners to the podcast may be different from one person to another as far as what those issues are for them, but we can be in agreement on let's not... Uh, put a weight on someone's conscience that Scripture doesn't, and let's also not violate someone's conscience in 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 an event to elevate our own liberty. Let's try to be charitable to each other on both ends of that. Is that something we can all agree on? Yes. And just because something is not wicked, that doesn't mean it's wise. Yeah. Right. That's big. Yeah. Why are you doing it? All right. So, podcast listeners. Enjoy your freedom in Jesus so long as it does not violate your brother or sister's conscience and do not flaunt your liberty or you're in sin. And, and question your own, question your motivation. 
Yes. And, and and please enjoy this podcast because we'll probably be canceled after this one. <laughs> yes. We apologize for editing it down to 10 minutes. You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number four horsemen. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the podcast. And be sure to subscribe and review. They look at me funny when I talk like I got a speech impediment. Homie, check my passport. Heaven, I'm a resident. Like a conscious rapper, but do more than bash the president. I brothers coughing so i hit them with the medicine on the other side they say their grass is greener seen the forecast man they calling for katrina